This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. today's show, I am interviewing one of my favorite jazz saxophone artists, Ron McMillan. His music so inspires me that we feature it on the opening and closing of this show, The Voice of Leadership, and the soon-to-be-aired TV series, Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. Hear his inspiring journey and the implications for you as an executive business leader. Stay tuned for the whole show, because Ron has a special musical surprise for us towards the end. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Colorado native Ron McMillan has a music style that is a mixture of gospel and smooth jazz. He has played with such notable creators as smooth jazz artist and producer Darren Ron, world-renowned pianist. Adlin Cruz, and gospel artists Kim Stratton and Philip Doc Martin. Mr. Ron McMillan released his first gospel jazz single entitled It Is Me in the spring of 2013, with his debut single going to smooth jazz radio in 2015. Ron then released Consuming Fire from his Talking About Jesus album, which was produced by acclaimed format veteran, Darren Ron. This chart-topping single took the world by storm on smooth jazz and gospel stations worldwide, including play on Sirius XM watercolors. In the summer of 2016, Ron released his second hit single, In the Flow, which reigned on the very prestigious Top 30 Billboard chart for eight consecutive weeks. Ron was labeled by some as Mr. Serious XM Watercolors because his music was in heavy rotation at Radio Worldwide. Also, his music played regularly on the televised jazz music stations, including DirecTV. He then released his album, Press Toward the Mark, in 2018. And two of the singles, Milk and Honey, and Press Toward the Mark also were radio favorites. Having studied music at the collegiate level, Ron's creative versatility is on full display at his inspired performances at concert venues, churches, jazz festivals, and while playing live with many other notable performers. As a regular attendee, I can personally attest to the power and inspiration of his performances. Ron McMillan says his sincere passion for music ministry and his love for God is the foundation of all his successes in the music industry. He is also quoted as saying, quote, my desire has always been to touch the hearts of people all over the world with my musical gifting. This is just the beginning. 
So Ron McMillan, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome you live to the Voice of Leadership. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen. I am so very honored that you would have me on your show today. Um, I am so very honored and appreciative. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And what most people may not realize, Ron, you are the only guest who's actually on every show. <laughs> you just happen to be there virtually. So I'm just really excited that today you're here with me live. So I'm going to start our interview today, Ron, and ask you, first of all, how did you come to realize your love and passion for music? Well, that's an easy answer. My family is uh, highly gifted within, in the music area. My dad is a guitar player. My mom was a flute player growing up and clarinet. My sister is a professional keyboardist and my brother is a professional percussionist. And I'm the youngest in the family, the youngest sibling. So it, it just flowed right, trickled right on down to me. Wow, what a blessing. I had no idea about this musical heritage that you actually also inherited. So when you think back, to the youngest age, what do you remember for yourself where you realized that you too had the musical talents and gifts and that what you were drawn to early? Was it the saxophone from the beginning? Honestly, it was the saxophone. However, um, I asked for a saxophone, but I was given a hand-me-down clarinet. And <laughs> after leaving it at the bus stop a couple times, not that I wasn't highly interested in it, uh, you know how young boys are, they decided to allow me to get the instrument of my choice. And that was a saxophone at the age of 10. Okay. And I bet you didn't leave the saxophone at any bus stops, did you? No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of your journey also points to the fact that sometimes we will learn on maybe a less preferred platform and it's preparing us still for what the true calling is later on in life. So I think that's also an important lesson, even out of that early experience. So Ron, I know that music, at least the way I think about it, music is a, a deep language. It's a profound communication tool. So when you're playing music, what are you communicating with your music? How do you hope to impact people through the language of your music? Well, what a lot of people don't know about me is that I am actually a minister as well. And we call it our first love, you know, God. Um, when I play, I play to the honor and glory of God. And, and I try to my best play through the anointing and present what God would have me present and hope that people feel his presence through uh, what I present. That's phenomenal. So that gets me maybe into the space of thinking about music as sort of like a, a calling or life purpose in a way. Tell us a little bit more about your calling as a person, because you mentioned being in the ministry and what that life purpose is. Well, I had a, a supernatural experience back in um, 1997 where I was wide awake and I had a vision. What I seen was me, I was in the first person, of course, and I seen me holding out a saxophone in one hand and a Bible in the other hand in front of a countless number of people and the way God works with me when I, and that's all I seen, but I knew exactly what it meant. So uh, that's my calling as far as when, when you see, when I seen the Bible, it represents the word as far as a minister preaching and the saxophone is a ministry through music. 
so that's that that was my experience in my beginning with that and i know that in addition to doing many concerts and a lot of different venues and also being a recording artist you are also a minister of music at a church as well so tell us a little bit about that experience and what that means to you yes um this is actually my third minister of music position (laughs) Um, over the years i said i was retiring from that some years ago and then here the lord has me do it again but i love uh developing and helping singers and choirs and and bands, you know, in churches. So the Lord placed me in a place where I was not just a regular musician or just a minister. He placed me in a place where I can mold and develop and help grow the ministry at a a church, the music ministry at a church. That's phenomenal. That's actually leadership, Ron, where you, in a leadership role, you're developing others and preparing them to fully use their gifts as they move forward. So I'm not surprised that you're in a leadership role also in what you're doing with the Minister of Music roles. So who have been some of your big inspirations? If you think back musically, whose music has spoken most powerfully to you? Well, I have a couple, a few actually. My first inspiration was a gospel saxophonist by the name of Bernard Johnson. And um, he was very popular in the gospel industry back in the 70s and 80s. And then um, my next inspiration was um, Grover Washington. Uh, Grover Washington was a great inspiration to me when I heard him play for the first time and he did some high note and made it go really high without hitting different notes. (laughs) Um, I, I, I fell in love right away and wanted to play the saxophone from that moment. And uh, I would say Kenny G as well, because my niche is Kenny G and Naji, by the way. Uh, my niche is soprano saxophone. I know a lot of people hear me on radio on alto as well. My smooth jazz niche is soprano saxophone. And that's what the one that Kenny G plays and Naji plays sometimes. Oh, that's phenomenal. And of course, I love Grover Washington. Grover Washington is certainly one of the best out there in terms of his music is truly timeless. That's what I would say about Grover. He's one of my favorites. So I'm not surprised he's one of your inspirations. Yes, ma'am. He is considered um, by many to be the godfather of smooth jazz and considered to be before his time, him him and uh, David Sanborn. Both actually great artists. So now, Ron, we see you today. You are a person who's had a lot of success. And so people may look at you now and they might think that success was easy or that it was handed to you on a silver platter. And it's truly been my experience that there are potholes, if you will, on the road to success and that they are also part of the journey. So what can you share with us about what that journey was like so that people may not mistakenly think that your success was like an overnight phenomenon with no struggle. Well, I'll reflect back to the vision that I told you I had. Mind you, that was 1997. Although I played in college and in high school, I finished college, um, playing in college at, in 1993. Um, I always played in churches. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm a pianist as well. But I've played the piano, been a music director, and and barely played the sax, to be honest with you, in churches. I normally played the organ, piano. I knew what uh, the Lord had showed me and 
I was very confident in that. So I just kept going and kept doing what I was doing. And, and once in a while, I would play for some weddings and play in church once in a while. And then I did join a church in 2010 where I would play the saxophone every Sunday, which made me very happy, you know, because <laughs> I love the saxophone. But I never stopped practicing. I never gave up my passion because I knew that I had a calling. So I, I kept pushing forward and developing myself. Eventually, I met Darren Ron at a church. <laughs> and that's that's where it started. And And he liked what he heard from what I played in the past, produced by someone else on not as a, as much of a professional level. And that's, and it went from there. So that, that, that's what happened. So I'm hearing a theme here, Ron, and the theme being that you might have the calling, you might have the vision, and there may be stops along the way different from what you think you ultimately will be doing. And yet, that time is important, that time is valuable, and you still have to put your best into that period of your life, like playing the piano or playing the organ, not maybe playing the saxophone weekly, because you don't know when that part's going to manifest. That is so very true. And uh, mind you, I've been in leadership corporately and in churches for years. So I was a, not only a music director, but I was a youth pastor. Um, I was youth athletics director. So you're, you're truly right. And there are other paths, but everything developed me. Every leadership role developed me for the leadership role that I'm in right now, even with my own business, which is my ministry. You know, if it weren't for all of those other roles, I wouldn't have been able to handle the business side as good as I can now without the experience. Uh, corporately and in in churches. So a lot of times we really don't know what we really need to have. And our career trajectory is providing what we need, even though we might think, I don't really need that. That's not really important. And what you're seeing is that business education has prepared you for the business part of your music calling as well. Yes, ma'am. That is truly phenomenal. I know there's a business lesson in that for others who are out there listening as well, who may be even in a job that they don't see how it connects with what they're calling and what their vision is, and yet there is a connection. And sometimes you don't see it until you look back and reflect on it. So that's what I'm seeing. So Ron, what is your most memorable moment from your music career? My most memorable moment from my music career was hearing myself on Sirius XM for the first time. It felt almost like a dream. You know, Sirius XM is worldwide radio. And just to know that my music and my ministry is going out in a worldwide format was really a great moment for me. That's phenomenal. Yeah, surreal. Hard to believe that it's really happening in that way. And I remember sometimes when you were posting on Facebook and you were telling people, if you hear the song on Sirius XM, you know, let me know. <laughs> so that's really great. That's, it's something to celebrate. Absolutely. So Ron, I know that the pandemic that we've been going through has affected a lot of businesses, artists, and really the whole world. So how would you say that the pandemic has affected the music industry in general and specifically you 
And how have you had to innovate or show up in a different way uh, in order to capitalize on the opportunities and also the crises of the season? And what is it that you're learning as a result? Um, the first thing I would like to say is that the music industry and artists and support musicians, of course, you know, I'm well connected with a lot of them, have been impacted greatly. Um, and initially, we, did, we didn't have and like unemployment plan or something like that. I don't, I don't think a lot of us qualified for that because of the way it's structured. And now they have it. They implemented it probably about two or three months after the pandemic happened because um, uh, there were some people that went to bat for us. I was blessed, however. Um, as you know, I'm a minister, so I always move by what the Lord wants me to do. Although I've made plenty of finances with the music industry and everything. I still work for Kaiser Permanente. That's a blessing too, because it's the healthcare industry and we're helping a lot of people right now. I'm, I'm in billing. I'm not a doctor or anything, but my income wasn't as impacted as most that I know in the music industry, because that's all they did was music. Um, and plus, you know, I, I get royalties for when my songs are played and stuff like that. But as far as I actually after seeing so many people that I know pass away from the pandemic, I personally shut everything down for the rest of the year. I had concerts scheduled, a three city tour and everything. I shut everything down and said, I, I'm not going to do anything for the rest of the year, you know, just for protection of my family and myself. So um, that in saying that I, I've, I've learned with it happening so suddenly that um, you never know what the next day holds. And if you are an independent contractor or a private business owner, you're greatly impacted and a small business owner. Um, and with working with Kaiser, I have a book of business. I've seen a lot of businesses close in different states. So um, that's that's what I've learned from it. You've seen a lot of impact. Like you said, people dying. You've seen people losing businesses and so on. And yet again, you were protected in the sense that you had this job with Kaiser Permanente. So you weren't solely dependent on the music. And it's almost as if, if I think about calling in life and I think about God's providence, what I see is that he knows what's coming down the line. You may not know why you're at Kaiser, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's put it all together so that everything works out, you know, for your benefit and for your good. And it doesn't mean that there may not be suffering, but there's also a path forward is, is, is what I'm hearing you also articulate. Yes, ma'am. Well, even while I was at Kaiser, um, speaking of calling, you know, I had, I mentioned earlier that I have a lot of leadership experience uh, with other companies and I always pathed for leadership. I did uh, reach an assistant supervisor position in, in Kaiser at one point in time, but when the music picked up, I just wanted to go in and do my work and leave and become one of my employees. <laughs> but <laughs> But nonetheless, um, it seemed like I was never able to get to that next level. And no matter how good of an interview was, how much someone said they were going to call me back within the company, it never happened. And I was praying and wondering why that was happening. And I ultimately understand now. <laughs> so I, I, I would encourage people not to get discouraged by not advancing to the next level yet. It's all in good time, good time and for whatever purpose God has for you. So if you were to put that in your own words, what do you understand about that now that you didn't understand back then? Well, I understand that if I had went to some of those 
other positions, um, I wouldn't have been covered by the union. And Colorado Kaiser had a huge layoff of the past three years. And I assuredly would have been one of those. And, and plus, I'm able to still develop relationships in the company, still able to help people and do, do the right thing according to the business needs that are there. So um, I, le- I learned that everything's not for me, you know, <laughs> even though I desire it. Yeah, you know, as you were talking about this, I was strongly thinking about the whole concept of open and closed doors. Thinking about God knows what the trajectory of your life is really going to be and where he's leading you. And if you walk through a door that would get you tied up so that you're not free to walk through the one that he wants you to walk through, it may be closed, not because you don't have talent, not because you don't have ability, but that's not part of the calling. And so he doesn't want us to get sidetracked either. So, so that's one of the things that occurred to me from what you were saying. So now, Ron, you talked about your musical heritage from your family, your family of origin. And I also happen to know that your daughters are very talented and gifted in music as well. So tell us a little bit about how you are passing the baton on to the next generation in your family. Yes, ma'am. Um, I love talking about my children. Um, I have two daughters that actually I have, I have five children. I have three boys and two girls, or should I say three men and two girls. <laughs> and um, All of my children from my almost 30 year old son to my 13 year old daughter, I have a musical ability. Um, oldest son plays drums. Um, middle son plays piano. Uh, youngest son plays flute. My uh, older daughter, she's actually a prodigy on the piano. Um, we were partner originally for Juilliard, and she's uh, gifted intellectually too. So she's trying to decide right now, even though she's in 10th grade right now, what path she's going to take music or some type of engineering or something like that. And and she plays a saxophone. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I, at one point in time, I was able to play seven instruments. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I I play uh, about four of them well now, but the other three I haven't picked up in years. Um, My youngest daughter, she plays the saxophone and a little bit of the guitar. Um, I'm very proud of how God placed them in my life so I can mold them and and just give them a natural music ability even without me teaching them. I, I do teach them, but even without me teaching them that they could pick up quickly and learn on their own as well. Yeah, I've actually seen them in action. So I know that both of them are very gifted. I didn't know about the boys. I don't get to see them in the same way. But that's just phenomenal that is within the whole family. So who knows? We might end up having a a, a Macmillan group (laughs) that may eventually emerge. Yes, ma'am. Well, my my oldest daughter, I I think the way it looks, she's going to be probably three times a musician that I am when not, not not long from now either. So, <laughs> so I'm very proud of that too. But I guess I'm just glad that uh, that they uh, picked up my gifting. That is phenomenal. So where do you see yourself going in the future, Ron? What's your greater vision for what's next? What's next? I know that uh, you've heard me play Total Praise. Oh, I love that song by you. Concerts. That's one. Yes. That's my... <laughs> that's my highest requested song and whenever people come to the cd table they never find it because i always play it live i'm considering producing that myself i i do a little production 
and I'm working on that, starting to work on it. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out <clears throat> musically what's next. I've talked to Darren Ron about another single, uh, maybe next year, early next year. But we've talked before, and you've connected me with someone. <laughs> and I am um, in the process of writing a book. I probably should have been done with it about three years ago, but uh, with the juggling of life and you know music and family and Kaiser and all that good stuff in church, um, I'm moving a little slow. But you know, every, like I said, everything is in God's timing. But I'm very excited about the uh, memoir that I'm working on and and to tell my story and my testimony of some things that I went through in life and from where I started to now, even as young as four years old till now. So. I'm very excited about sharing that. Oh, I can't wait till that comes out. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to read that, get that. You'll have to come back on the show to talk about that. And I definitely encourage you to do Total Praise. Your version of Total Praise is so amazing and so inspiring. It needs to be on one of your records. There's no doubt about it. I'm saying records, I'm old, okay. CDs, whatever, but it definitely needs to be out there for sure. Thank you so much. I, I am definitely working on it. It's okay to say records because vinyl's coming back. Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay, retro's coming back. Excellent. All right. <laughs> so, Ron, I know that you know that one of my absolute favorite songs that you've recorded is Consuming Fire. And you have agreed to play that for us today. And before you do, I just want you to tell a little bit about the backstory what does this song mean to you? How, how were you inspired to play it? Just tell us something about it so we can appreciate it more deeply. Okay. Consuming Fire, believe it or not, on my album, uh, Talking About Jesus is the name of the album. By the way, Talking About Jesus is the first ever album. I'll put it like this. I hit the top 30 billboard. I'm the first artist to have an album title with the name Jesus in it to hit the top 30 billboard in the smooth jazz industry. So. But nonetheless, um, Consuming Fire was the very first song that we worked on in the studio when I connected with Darren Ron. And <clears throat> as he was letting me hear the format, and the format is, is not a full song, it's just an idea. Believe it or not, he had wrote that format for Najee. Wow. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. I've mentioned it on radio interviews before, but um, he actually wrote that for Najee. And when I listened to it, I... I don't hear gospel, I, I hear smooth jazz. But guess what Najee said? He said, this song is too gospely for me. <laughs> Which was a sign that it was for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> Darren doesn't produce many gospel artists. He produced mostly straight smooth jazz artists. So um, I think it, it was like a sign from the Lord. And um, as we were listening to that song, I created the full format. I seen a picture of flames moving to the music in my head. And then uh, the scripture came to me uh, about God being a consuming fire. And then that's what I named it. Wow. I love that backstory. And we know the song has power because of that, that consuming fire image. So, so Ron, the floor is yours. We want to hear this song, Consuming Fire. I believe it's going to be one of the timeless ones. So. Yes, ma'am. My pleasure. My pleasure. I will definitely play that for you. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much for playing my favorite song. I am so inspired by that song. It really fills me with joy and with energy. You know, it really does. And I'm really glad that Najee said it wasn't his song. Because <laughs> now it's yours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's funny how he hears the gospel part, because I definitely am, I hear the, the smooth jazz so much in it. That's amazing to me. Yeah. And that was before I even played anything on it. He just heard the format and said, it sounds too gospely. So wow, it was just meant for me. Yes, apparently. <laughs> it was meant for him to hear the part that he didn't necessarily want to do. And so we're blessed uh, in the meantime to have the song the way that you've presented it. And so thank you so much for playing it here today. And those who tune in ultimately to Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership, they will hear Consuming Fire on the TV show. So that's, I'm really excited and delighted about that. So Ron, you are producing a lot of music. You're doing a lot of great things. How can people get a hold of you? Um, I'm easy to find. If you Google my name, Ron McMillan, M-C-M-I-L-L-O-N, um, I come right up. Um, even if you put Ron MCN there, I come up pretty quick. Um, you can go to ronmcmillan.com all of my social media things come up whenever you put my name in Google. So I'm pretty easy to find. That's phenomenal. So I'll say uh, ronmcmillan.com again. People can go to the website and find out what you're up to, what you're doing, what some of your latest projects are, and definitely let us know when the book is coming out as well. So Ron, I have just uh, one uh, last question for you. And this is your time to say anything that you would like to say to my audience of listeners. And the majority of the people listening, they are actually executive business leaders working in companies and corporations. And since you're at Kaiser Permanente, you have some notion of what that's about for, for sure. So what are the words of wisdom that you wanna leave with executive business leaders today? The words of wisdom that I would like to leave is to never give up on your pathing. If you know that you are truly called to a certain element of business and a certain position, uh, keep striving for it and pushing for it. No matter if you get turned down for the first interview or the second interview, eventually the door will come open to where you're supposed to be. Um, as you heard in my story earlier, I knew about my vision and 1997 and everything didn't come to fruition until starting in 2015. I would say just keep pushing. Um, and and uh, lastly, I would like to say that uh, my last album, Press Toward the Mark, there's a significance behind that. You'll see me holding a big cross and and uh, going up a hill. And some would think that's a little overly religious and stuff like that. But the significance of the Press Toward the Mark for me was I was at a point to where I was wondering if the Lord still wanted me to do this as a professional recording artist. And he ended up showing me by circumstance and that's when I produced that album. So I would tell you to keep pressing toward the mark of your goals and your calling in leadership 
and everything will work out all right. Wow, thank you so much, Ron. I think that word of encouragement about being persistent and trusting the vision, you know, that God has given. And even if it takes a long time to manifest, not to give up because God is still at work and it ultimately will happen. We just have to be faithful and hang in there and do the very next step, take the very next step that's in front of us and where he's leading us and to pay attention to the open and the closed doors. So thank you for sharing that with us today. I really appreciate you being here and I wish continued blessings on you and your family and on your career and the ministry that you are doing with other people because I know that it's touching their lives and making a difference. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so very honored. You just don't know this did my heart some good to share my story and to interact with you not only as a friend but as a colleague and leadership. I truly and dearly appreciate you. And thank God for you and your husband and being dear friends to me and my family. Yes, absolutely. We're delighted to have that friendship. And thank you so much. And so we'll see you again. And to my Voice of Leadership audience, please remember to stay tuned and join us the next time. And every time you now listen to the show, you know a little bit more about Ron McMillan. And he's the author of the music. So thank you so much again. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening, and remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.